What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Friday, July 17th, and I am glad it's Friday. Tell you what, going to have a couple couple uh, adult beverages tonight for sure after this week. It's been a fun week, but a hectic week as we're uh, getting closer to potentially being in the preseason. Will it happen? Still yet to be determined. It's going to happen. I just don't know when it's going to happen. But anyway, the fantasy preview series rolls on. We actually only have two of these shows left. Uh, That went pretty quickly. 32 teams goes pretty quickly. So today we have the San Francisco 49ers. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This one's a fun one today. Speaking of fun, before we get into that, it's a lot of fun over at ftnfantasy.com. If you want my rankings, that is the only place you're going to be able to find them on the interwebs right now. So go check it out, ftnfantasy.com. If you want DFS content, ftndaily.com. And if you want betting content, dude, my guy Javi Perlezzo nailed the round one leader of the Memorial, he he said, bet on Tony Finau, and boom, there you go, making money, printing dough there, <laughs> ftnbets.com. Go check them all out. That's the FTN network right there. But let's talk about these San Francisco 49ers. What a season last year. Bit of a surprise. I mean, hey, we know, we know, Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing from an offensive standpoint, that Falcons, and I know they lost the Super Bowl, but that Falcons squad that he OC'd, that's one of the best offenses I can remember. Recent memory, last decade for sure, that offense was humming. And last year, that offense was humming. And you know what's interesting is they really did it in San Francisco without a, a crew of wideouts. You know, it's not like you had this stud group of wideouts. They made the timely trade for Manny Sanders. But for the most part, you know, really sort of building it up from the ground up, spreading the ball around. And Jimmy G, for what it's worth, was he was a capable starting quarterback. Was he a fantasy-relevant quarterback? I mean, yeah, everybody, it's seemingly at this point, everybody at times can be. And he ended up finishing 14th at the position in fantasy scoring. I mean, on a points-per-game basis, he was further back uh, uh, for sure. But 14th over the course of the season it's the, the problem with Jimmy G is the ceiling aspect. I mean, he's 23rd points per game. The ceiling aspect isn't necessarily there with Jimmy G. So I think we just have to keep that in consideration. He's very much on the two-quarterback radar, but I wouldn't even really be considering him as a late-round option. And a big part of it is that sort of lack of, of high-end talent at wideout that he's throwing to. I mean, he has... Obviously, he has high-end talent at tight end. And let's just get George Kittle out of the way. George Kittle's freaking awesome. <laughs> He's awesome. He is awesome. I think there's a chance when it's all said and done with George Kittle that people are going to say he's one of the greatest tight ends to ever play. We're not there yet. It's still a little early in his career. But it's he's a tight end. He's not a receiver who plays tight end. He is a freaking tight end. You want him to block? He will block. He will block with the best of them. You want him to go out and run routes? He will run routes. He will run routes with the best of them. And explosive. The dude is a freak of nature. He's the number two, if not the number one fantasy tight end. I'm not going to argue with you if you say he's ahead of Kelsey. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. One or two. He's awesome. Love George Kittle. But the wideouts for Jimmy G. That's the thing. And I love me some Debo. Don't get me wrong. And I don't know when we're going to see Debo. The Jones fracture is concerning. There's no doubt about it. So when do we see Debo Samuel on the field? 
Is it week one or two? Maybe ambitious there. Is he pupped? And even if he's pupped, there's no guarantee he's back, you know, after the pup's over, six weeks in, you know, seven week seven of the season. No guarantee. So that's a little risky. It's a little risky there with Debo, especially if you're considering drafting him. It's the Jones fracture that's the concern. The timetable is the timetable, but the Jones fracture is not the easiest thing to recover from. And so we'll, we'll keep that in mind. But beyond him, I mean, you have... I mean, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, really impressive athlete, just athlete. And they obviously stepped up and drafted him in the first round. It was a little bit surprised he went in the first round. I had a few friends out at the Combine who said, yo, watch out, he's going to go in the first round. And I was like, I don't know, I, I think he might be more of a round two guy. Nope, I was wrong, they were right. <laughs> Definitely in that instance. And I see why he fits... I think a lot of what Kyle Shanahan wants to do here, you know, Jimmy G's not going to be a, a deep A dot guy. You know, get the ball in these guys' hands in space, let them do what they do. And that's what you got there with Ayuk. After that, I think the most intriguing guy is Jalen Hurd. And Jalen Hurd, I mean, Jalen Hurd is, is from a size standpoint, I still can't get over he was a running back earlier in his college career because the dude is massive. And now converts to wideout. Actually did a really good job of converting at the college level. Last year in the preseason flash before getting hurt. There's some juice here. Now, I still think there's a learning curve with Jalen Hurd. But he gives you that offensive weapon skill set. That is really intriguing in today's fantasy football. It really is. Uh, you know, especially if they're going to give him carries out of the backfield. Now, I'm only projecting him at seven rushing attempts right now. <laughs> but the thing is, they were giving carries to Debo. If Debo's not on the field, maybe more of those go to Jalen Hurd. It, he's interesting. He's not interesting enough to draft. He's just interesting enough to keep an eye on. And I definitely want him in Dynasty Leagues. So if I'm going to draft one wideout, I mean, I'll draft Debo if it's a really good value. But the only wideout I might take a flyer on is Ayuk in the late rounds. I'm not looking at Trent Taylor or, or, or Kendrick Bourne. You know, they, Dante Pettis is somehow still on this roster. He's certainly had a falling out with these guys. So anyway, let's move over to the running back position because running back is fascinating in this backfield. We know who's ever, whoever gets the rock is likely to produce. And we saw it last year. I mean, we saw there were times where, you know, Matt Breda over the course of his career with this team was able to produce. There were times where Tevin Coleman, I mean, Tevin Coleman in week eight, that was the big, he was number two fantasy running back that week. He didn't do really anything else the rest of the year. But there were times. Obviously, Raheem Mostert had his time. There's no doubt about that. But Mostert's interesting because, well, you never want to hear a guy requesting trade, uh, trade. Uh, you know, Breda's already out of the mix. They already traded him away. So you have Coleman, who is obviously a Shanahan guy, going back to their time in Atlanta. And then you have Jarek McKinnon, who's sort of the wild card here. Remember, there there was a point, what was that, uh, this time two years ago, right? It was two years ago because he didn't play uh, in 2018 or 2019, but he was the hot commodity going to this backfield coming over from Minnesota. Well, obviously, a little bit of time has passed. He's now 28 years old. But the nice thing is he hasn't played the last two years, so that's a little bit of extra tread on the tires there uh, for Jarek McKinnon that ordinary 28-year-olds maybe wouldn't have in the NFL. 
you know, ask me who I want right now. Yes, I do want Mostert, but ask me if I'm confident in Mostert holding the job for the entire season. No, I'm not. It's going to be a hot hand approach, and it could be something that turns on a dime for us. It could look like Mostert gets out to a great start, and then all of a sudden something changes quickly in this backfield. They don't really have a guy per se. So just be careful with Mostert. Don't do the recency bias thing where, oh, he was awesome down the stretch. He's going to be it. He's also 28 years old, by the way. He's up there. Now, again, another guy who doesn't have the common wear and tear of a 28-year-old, uh, which is a good thing, but you know, age is not kind to running backs regardless of the wear and tear. So that's kind of where we are. I have him at 23. If I'm going to draft him, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be looking at him. If I can get him in the fifth or sixth round, I might consider it, but I'm still not in love with that when I could probably go after guys who have a little bit more upside around later you know, in the DeAndre Swift range. So anyway, it's a little tricky with Mostert. There's no doubt about it. It's a little tricky with this backfield. And I think that's what we've sort of come to expect uh, right now with San Francisco. Moving over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, man. So I was at the Combine back in February, and I made sure that I was at Bruce Arians' podium interview because Bruce Arians is one of my personal favorites. I like his vibe. I like his attitude. And, I mean, there's a Temple University connection. He coached at Temple long ago. So, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Temple guys. Anyway, I sat there listening to every word he said saying, you know, talking about Jameis Winston, basically playing coy. And now that I look back at it, I'm pretty sure the wheels were in motion for Tom Brady to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Probably at that point. It had to have been at that point because that was late February. And free agency was only a week and a half later, two weeks later. Anyway, <laughs> funny looking back at things. Hindsight. Tom Brady is here. Jameis is not. Jameis had a 5,000-yard passing season last year, and he is not <laughs> a starter in the NFL. That is pretty interesting, the state of things in 2020. But Brady, the state of things in 2020. When I project him out, I really like what I see. I currently have Brady projected at 4,555 passing yards, 28 passing touchdowns. Now, granted, he is not going to do much with his legs, but if he puts up those numbers with his arm, it is going to be almost impossible for him to not be a top 10 fantasy option. I'm ranking him at 8. He projects out a little bit higher, but I don't think his ceiling is as high as some of uh, the guys in the same range. You know, like I have Josh Allen a, a tick ahead of him. Josh Allen, if he can do a little bit more with his arm, we know he's going to do a lot with his legs. His ceiling is a little bit higher, perhaps, for fantasy than Brady, but he's also going to be a lot more volatile than Brady, of course. So you're kind of taking the good with the bad. Anyway, Brady has never had this collection. Brady has had some very good players that he's played with. Obviously, having Gronk here helps. He's played with Gronk. He's played with Randy Moss. He's played with Wes Welker and Julian Edelman and guys like this who are you know, really quality pros, even going earlier in, in his career. Guys like Dion Branch, pretty quality pro there, right? But when you look at it, he has really, I think, the best duo he's ever had. You know, he did have a, there was an overlap of the Moss-Welker era, and, and it was close. I just think there's a little bit of a difference between something, that, you know, what you get out of Wes Welker and what you get out of Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, as a slot receiver, can do maybe some of the things that Welker, and he's not going to be able to do, you know, the the in the phone booth movement, like the, the short area burst movement, as good, certainly, as Wes Welker. 
But there's a lot of things that Chris Godwin can do that Wes Welker was never going to be able to do for you. Wes Welker's never going to be able to play above the rim like Chris Godwin. And Chris Godwin's not like a big six foot five guy, but he's not a small guy by any means either. So I think that's really intriguing. And then Mike Evans is not Randy Moss. I mean, stating the obvious, very few people are in that conversation. But Mike Evans has been one of the best wide receivers of his generation. I think he is criminally underrated by a lot of folks out there, especially fantasy football playing folks. And he gives you that red zone presence. He gives you the downfield presence. He gives you the true X receiver that really, I think Brady's only had once before in his career. And it's a long career. He's never had a true duo like this and also had Gronk on the field. (laughs) This is insane. This is insane. And then you have O.J. Howard who... You know, a nice uh, developing tight end, and he's going to develop more with Gronk there. Uh, Also, Cameron Brate's still on the squad. Cameron Brate would start for a bunch of teams in the NFL right now. You have, uh, you know, you have Scotty Miller, who I think is pretty, pretty interesting young receiver with speed. You have Justin Watson, who's got some size, very good athleticism. And I totally skip right over one of my favorite deeper wideouts in this year's class. Not super deep, but, you know, day three wideouts in this class. Tyler Johnson was a touchdown machine at Minnesota. Touchdown machine. Super productive at the college level. A very good receiver to step in. Now, he's got some learning to do at the pro level. And he's down in the pecking order here, no doubt about it. But it wouldn't surprise me if he's the number three receiver on this squad. But it's going to be a 12 personnel squad. We're going to see a lot of Gronk and Howard on the field at the same time. That's going to create a lot of headaches for opposing defenses. So I, I think it's fairly clear, you know, and I'm not stating I'm not stating anything groundbreaking or controversial here, that both Godwin and Evans should be considered wide receiver ones. I'm not going to draft anybody else out of those wideouts. Gronk is a little bit more interesting because where do we position Gronk? What do we do with Gronk? The Gronk name value carries a lot of weight. You almost have to build in injuries with Gronk. Like right now I'm projecting him at 48 catches, 696, which is a pretty big number and five receiving touchdowns. Might be a little light on the receiving touchdowns, but again, projections are always going to be conservative. That projects him out at at tight end 10. I actually moved him up one spot cuz Jared Cook technically projects slightly higher than him in my model. But I moved him ahead of Jared Cook. I, you know, and basically that's one of those. If it came down to it and I had to draft and I had the pick of either Jared Cook or Rob Gronkowski, uh, you know, I'm taking Gronkowski in my home leagues in best ball. I'm probably taking Gronkowski. Honestly, I probably take him about 65% of the time. 60 to 65% of the time. So for me, it's clear I just move him up ahead. Uh, in rankings, OJ Howard, maybe some some deep appeal. Uh, you know, if you're in like Scott Fishbowl type leagues, otherwise he's a guy who I'm still holding in Dynasty. I don't I don't think that the book is written on OJ Howard yet. I know that a lot of people expect rookie tight ends, young tight ends to come in immediately produce. That is not the way things work for most tight ends. Sometimes it takes some time. And it could take some time with O.J. Howard. I still believe in the athleticism. And I really like this opportunity. I love the fact that the organization has committed to him, too. Because they had there was talk like, oh, he could be traded. Nope. They're like, no, we are not trading this dude. You know, Gronk's going to be here for, what, a season or two? You're in a Super Bowl window, a season or two. And then, yeah, Howard's the future. So, 
let's talk about the running backs because this is really where the question mark comes into play. We know what we're going to get from Brady. We basically know what we're getting from the wideouts and the tight ends for the most part. But the running backs, what are we going to get here? With these guys, you know, who's getting the touches? How does this unfold? Because the team does draft Keyshawn Vaughn on day two of the round three guy and an interesting player, a a kid who, you know, has a little bit of athleticism, can potentially contribute in the passing game. And, And that's the big need because Ronald Jones, you can try, you can try, but square peg round hole in terms of Ronald Jones in the passing game. He showed upside last year, and I know people are looking back to that upside and you know thinking favorably about him but they I mean they have a need here they want to protect Brady they even draft a another passing down guy in Raymond Calais who is interesting a little bit of Darwin Thompson to Raymond Calais but he's not going to do anything for fantasy purposes so it really comes down to picking your poison do you think it is Ronald Jones do you think it is Keyshawn Vaughn and ultimately my take on this how I try to process this sort of information is Teams will tell you how confident they are in their respective personnel based on what they do in free agency, based on the trades they make, which if they do make trades, because some teams just really don't trade, and the picks they make in the draft. In this instance right here, when a team picks a running back on day two, like for example, Chicago has David Montgomery's slightly disappointing season last year. They didn't draft a running back, so David Montgomery's fine. Ronald Jones, up and down season, and then this team drafts a day two running back. If you draft a running back on day two, you are not confident on what you have in-house, and you're going to use the guy who you drafted. Now, as Bruce Arians showed us with the guy named David Johnson, you can draft a guy on day two and maybe not use him right away, maybe not use him in September, but eventually that guy's going to get on the field. So Keyshawn Vaughn is a, is a guy who I certainly am targeting uh, right now. You know he's he's a, a player who you know I'm viewing probably more as a seventh or eighth round pick. I have grabbed him in a bunch of mocks in in the seventh round, uh, and knowing full well I'm probably not going to be able to use him in September. Might not even be able to use him in October, but that's fine. Young running backs help you win fantasy championships. I'm passing on Ronald Jones. I just don't want that headache, I don't want the inconsistency, and I don't want the fact that I ultimately do think he's going to lose that job in that backfield. That's where I am with it. (laughs) That's where I am with it. Uh, You know, Take that for what it is. I know it is definitely a polarizing debate out there, but I do think you don't draft a running back on day two unless you're really planning on getting that guy involved. So Keyshawn Vaughn will be that guy. There we go. Tampa Bay, San Francisco, out of the way. We got to talk about two more teams, Tennessee and Washington. With Tennessee, another team that made a very impressive run, surprising run last year. Derrick Henry got his money. Where is he after this breakout year that he had last year? Finally, the breakout year. Speaking of breakout or rebound or whatever, you come back. Ryan Tannehill. Wow. That that was pretty cool, especially if you had him on your rosters down the stretch. A.J. Brown. Is there any hope for Corey Davis? And even John o. Smith. Can John o. Smith uh, really emerge as maybe one of those next man up tight ends? It's an interesting squad right there. Washington, all right. There are pieces here. You know, Haskins, all right. But hey, Terry McLaurin, there's some interesting young wide receivers. Antonio Gandy Golden, Antonio Gibson isn't even really a wide receiver, he's a hybrid. That's fascinating. 
How about the running backs? How about Darius guys? Can you stay healthy, bro? Is there any hope for Bryce Love truthers as well? That'll be coming up on the show on Monday. So the final one of the team preview series here. In the meantime, do me a favor. Go to ftnfantasy.com. Go check out what we have to offer. A lot of good things cooking over there right now from yours truly and the great Brad Evans along with the rest of our crew. And I'd also greatly appreciate it if you reviewed the show on iTunes. It's pretty easy to do. Open the app on your phone if you have an iPhone. Go to my show. Scroll down to the bottom. There's some stars there. Click the stars. You can review the show as well, and it really helps me out. The Rat Pack has come out in full force here. Lots of reviews so far, but the more the merrier for reviews. So please help me out there. Greatly appreciate that. Of course, greatly appreciate you following me on social media, at Jeff Ratcliffe. On Twitter and Instagram, use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right. Those adult beverages are calling my name later this afternoon. Whatever you do this weekend, have a good one. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.